everyone to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in the far reaches of space. Who is dead. He's dead. <laughs> this astronaut is dead. He's dead That's right. already. That's right. Um, or at least if the world operated the way Dick Johnson is dead operates, he's already dead while still alive. That's right. This uh, this episode, we're talking Dick Johnson is dead. Is this the first documentary we've done, Adam? Hmm. I think it might Pro- be. Po- possibly. I think so. If not the first, it's probably it's probably the second at most, I would say. Yeah. Um, not, yeah and I don't. Heavy, not no. a heavy doc podcast. I mean, I mean, we did just do Borat, too, if you want to call that a documentary. <laughs> that is decidedly not a documentary. <laughs> it's got documentary elements. Um uh, yeah, but it's not because we are uh, on principle opposed to documentaries. In fact, I think we both enjoy, you probably even more than me, but we both enjoy documentaries uh, quite a bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I certainly enjoy them. Um, I'm I'm partial more to like uh, the Errol Morris style of documentary mm-hmm. where he just like interviews Robert McNamara for two hours. That's my speed. But That's your um, jam. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, with Philip Glass music playing the entire time, that is that is what I want in a documentary. But this is fine. Yeah. Dick Johnson is, yeah. is also fine. This is this is not that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So whether it's our first or second or whatever it is, um, this is this is certainly a, a bit of a departure from what we normally do because we don't do a lot of documentaries. Um, but this movie um, had gotten a lot of good reviews, and I felt that just from what I read, the subject matter was. Um, something that I thought might resonate for for both of us, um, yeah, yeah. And so, so I recommended a, us doing it. So anyway, we we both watched it, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. I'm gonna go ahead and read the uh, IMDb synopsis, which is like six words. A daughter helps her father prepare for the end of his life. Okay, that's more than six words. It's probably like ten words, but um, uh, that's the whole synopsis from the from IMDb. Um, yeah. I, the subject, I, I would argue the subject and the object of that synopsis are wrong. Uh, a daughter helps her father prepare for the end of his life. So you're saying the subject being the daughter? Yeah, shouldn't they reverse it? A father helps his daughter prepare for the end of his life. That's sort of I what see, I see, Yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, I mean, the daughter in this case is the filmmaker, of course. Yeah, right. Um, but I, but I, do, I do get your point. Um, she... <laughs> He is not the one who needs help be preparing himself. I think I think that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as we'll get into, I'm sure. But in any case, um, let's just get started with um, expectations and then first impressions. So, expectations. Uh, this this is directed by Kirsten Johnson um, about her father, obviously Dick Johnson. Do you, were you familiar with this filmmaker at all? Um, and regardless, what were your expectations of this movie going in? No, I, I had not seen any of her other work. Um, my understanding is she's a pretty accomplished um, cinematographer and a pretty accomplished specifically for documentary filmmaking. Um, and mm-hmm. so I don't think I don't believe that I've seen anything else that she's done. Um, probably, again, sort of per the earlier part of this conversation, because I'm not as plugged in to you know, hard hitting documentary stuff as, as, uh, as one might be. Um, so I wasn't familiar with not by Errol Morris. Right. Yeah. Let's be clear. (laughs) I have one genre of documentary that I enjoy. It is Errol Morris documentaries. Um, 
that's not true. Uh, I am sure I, if I if pushed, I could think of another one. Um, so at any rate, uh, didn't, didn't have a lot of, uh, exposure to her body of work beforehand. Um, I obviously had seen the trailer for this, uh, and you know, for the listeners who may not know, uh, we have Daniel and I have some family, uh, experience and history with um sort of degrading mental states and family members over time especially as they reach old age and so um that was sort of like the baggage that i was bringing to it was um this is a movie about a man in mental decline whose daughter is gonna is struggling with that as anybody would um and she from the trailer sort of i think to prepare herself uh, for the inevitable starts sort of visualizing all sorts of grotesque ways that it might happen, right. That, that Mm -hmm. her father might depart this earth. And so in that regard, um, I understood the urge to try to sort of bring some level of control to what is sort of, at least in my experience, a very sort of, um, a feeling of powerlessness and total lack of control regarding the the trajectory of, of a loved one and, and their sort of mental state. So yeah. I expected it to be uh, pretty difficult, right? I, I was not expecting, you know, while I, while certainly the tone was uh, they were aiming for it to be, I think pretty light for most of the film, just the, the fundamental subject matter is pretty, pretty difficult in my estimation. And so that, that I was sort of expecting to kind of like smile without showing teeth. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I was expecting Mm -hmm. it to be that kind of experience. It's like, okay, that's funny, but I'm not genuinely happy right now. I'm just sort of like, I acknowledge that this is sort of funny, but this whole thing feels uncomfortable to me. That was sort of my, my expectation walking in. How about you? Yeah, I think I, I, I pitched this to, uh, to my wife, Catherine as, you know, I have a feeling we'll just sort of cry through this whole movie. Like it'll probably be sort of a a tearjerker. Um, you know, and, and, and I liked the idea that the filmmaker was going for, I should say, I also wasn't familiar with her work at all. So I didn't really know what her style was necessarily, but I also could tell from the trailer and from what I'd read that whatever her style is, this is a departure from it because I think she's done some other documentary films, but um, none quite like this, obviously with the, the fantastical elements pulled in. Um, I sort of assumed that it would just be very emotional. And I actually assumed that the, the attempts at levity from kind of, you know, faking his death in a number of cases would perhaps in some ways even add to the emotional impact. Um, right. So I was expecting to be sort of like a blubbering mess <laughs> uh-huh. uh, from this movie. Um, I will say uh, in terms of first impressions, when the movie ended, I, I, I was not a blubbering mess. I think that actually in some ways, maybe our own life experience um, prepared me a bit more for what the movie portrays Um, just to be explicit, you know, we have Alzheimer's runs in our family on our mother's side. And so we've dealt with that with a number of family members. 
Um, they never explicitly say the word Alzheimer's in this movie. I don't know if he has Alzheimer's or if he just has some other um, form of, you know, memory loss um, mm-hmm. that's starting to happen as he gets older, as the movie depicts. But um, in our family, we've we've definitely dealt with that um, with a couple of grandparents and with aunts and uncles. And so um, I felt like the movie, the movie didn't really shatter me. I think it was more sort of familiar than yeah. Um, that I think it was more, fam- well, not more familiar than I was expecting, but it, it, it hit me less than I was expecting because of how familiar it turned out. A lot of it was. And yeah. so I found, I, I guess walking away from the movie, I found it to be, you know, a thoughtful look at this individual. Um, but I think my, I think my biggest takeaway was, was not so much, Oh, you know, um, it, it didn't, it didn't really have this huge emotional impact on me, nor did it feel to me like it made any sort of grand statements about, um, you know, about mortality or about our existence. I really, I came away from it just sort of feeling like I appreciated getting to know this guy, Dick Johnson. Right. I was like, what a pleasant, you know, nice guy and a good dad. And I'm glad she had this loving father in her life, you know, and it's, and it's sad that sometimes our loved ones go this way, but, um, uh, you know, our mother, you're in my mother, um, used to say something about uh, our grandfather, her dad, which was that, um, you know, there, there's something that you, you can tell about a person when sort of everything else is stripped away, including their memories and all that's left is sort of just who they are. Who they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she would talk about, you know, our grandpa that way, where even though he had, pretty severe Alzheimer's in his final years. He, 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 he forgot that his wife had passed away. He didn't know how old he was. He didn't know who we were. Right. He forgot so many important details, but he was always pleasant. He was always a very sweet man who was very patient, who didn't get frustrated. He just, he, he got confused, you know, he got very confused and that was very sad to see, but her point was she contrasted that with, you know, other other people who in their final years are bitter and ranting and sort of paranoid and attacking always. And sort of I feel like our mom sort of drew this distinction for me, which has sort of stuck with me, which is like sort of who would you want to be kind of if, if your memory, if you lost your memory, if you lost your cognition, you know, if you if you lost all this. Who would you want to be? Would you want to be someone that was still pleasant mm-hmm. and people actually wanted to kind of, you know, spend time with you or you're just attacking everyone and you're right. And, and you're, you don't trust anybody and you, and you, um, are, you're taking out, you know, whatever bitterness, whatever aggression you kind of have pent up within you. You're just always taking it out on everyone around you. Um, and anyway, Dick Johnson seemed to me much more like our grandpa, like much more like right. it's slipping away. You know, it's slipping away from me, but 
I'm just going to sort of hold on to the things that I know make life good. And that is the people I love. And even as, you know, the, the movie doesn't really show him in a super advanced form of memory loss. Like he, he remembers who his daughter is through the whole movie, for example. Yes. But it depicts him as someone who, it, even if he were to forget who she was, he would still be polite to her and very courteous and, right. um, and respectful to everyone around him. And so that, that was honestly the thing, my main takeaway from the movie was, wow, what a swell guy Dick Johnson is. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think even the movie, um, and I know we're sort of skipping around. I know we were, sp- were supposed to be talking about first impressions and we're sort of just talking about, um, the, the film more broadly, but well, the movie, well, that, I think my was, first impression was, was what a nice guy Dick Johnson was. Is, yeah. And we'll get to this, I suppose in a minute, like I think the movie in some ways agrees with you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like at, at the end of the day, um, there's nothing we can control. There's nothing we can do. Um, but recall Right. And just be like, be aware of what a like a uh, what a gift it is to have like a sweet person in our lives, Mm. you know? Yeah. Um, So anyway, yeah, totally, totally agree. I think um, Dick Johnson is while this is in some ways like a meditation on mortality and losing your parents, I I feel like it's not so much about those things as it is like. A, a portrait of a, of a, of a sweet person. Right. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess, you know, um, the, the, in a way, I don't want to use the word disappointing cause that feels, um, harsh, but I think I was sort of going in expecting something that was a little bit more, like thought provoking or, um, yeah. or would sort of hint at some sort of universal, you know, truth. Um, and largely this is just because, you know, the movie got such good reviews and I thought, okay, this movie has something really profound to it. Um, right. but I think having lived through it, you know, being, ha- having in our lives encountered this firsthand, it it maybe maybe that's what's missing is like for some people this might be one of their you know their introduction. I, I doubt it's I doubt it's anyone's real introduction because everybody surely has dealt with some form of dementia as long as you have old people Family. in your life, right? right. But um, but yeah, I mean, we I think we've dealt with some pretty severe um, instances yeah, right. of memory loss. I mean, uh, you know even at fairly young ages, which can yeah. be more devastating. So, so seeing the movie, I was like, Oh, okay. I, I actually don't feel like, um, there is, I don't feel like there's something here that is really opening up my mind in a way that it wasn't open before. Right. Um, so it's not disappointing. Like I felt, I felt like it was a good movie, but, um, it it just didn't quite uh it didn't have the effect on me that i had some some idea that it would and instead mm-hmm. what it was was just this very specific um takeaway about this one individual and i guess to the degree that that's universal it's just we all know people who are sweet 
good natured, just genuinely yeah. good people. And it's sort of a, to me, it's almost just like a reminder to appreciate those people because yeah. they're not the norm, you know, as right. much as I wish they were. Um, right. I wish we, I wish we could all be sort of like Dick Johnson with that kind of clear eyed appreciation for the people we love and desire to just be decent and, um, you know, and be generous. Um, yeah. But nope, those those people are rare and we should hold on to them and appreciate them and love them. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's an interesting sort of um, like a Trojan horse almost, right? Because it's a movie that is on paper about, you know, it's sort of like um, there's lots of Hollywood movies that are sort of dancing around or directly about this topic, right? Like the Julianne Moore movie. Still Alice, right? Like, or, or other mm. things that are sort of like capital M, capital I, or capital, uh, or like I was going to say mental illness, like, um, you know, just about like getting old, like in capital letters or like mortality. Mm-hmm. Right. And this movie, I think I imagined was sort of in that lineage, but to your point, I ultimately don't think it is. I think it's a, a portrait of a, of a father daughter relationship and she's having to, cope with the idea that he may not be around forever, but, um, his, like his experience is to your point. Like it, there's, it's not profound about that topic, right? There's, it's not bringing anything that is sort of like deeply unique or like a point of view that, um, has never been voiced before. And I don't think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. I just think to yeah. your point, this is ultimately like a personal story about a family. Um, yeah. and this happens to be like a detail about that family, but I don't think it's the defining trait. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, why don't we just go straight to, you want to do best parts of the movie, like aspects of the movie that you particularly appreciated? Um, there's a detail that the movie peppers throughout that struck me as, um, it's very simple and probably doesn't really mean anything outside of itself, but I sort of loved it anyway, which is that Dick Johnson has a favorite chair, right? (laughs) And, Uh um, it's a, it's a particular chair with a particular Ottoman footrest Mm -hmm. and, uh, the movie sort of takes great pains to like photograph Dick Johnson in the chair throughout. And there's a point at the end of the film where the chair is empty. Mm. And Mm -hmm. that struck me as sort of like the most, um, resonant visual metaphor that the film had, which is like, there's something joyous and like comforting about seeing your favorite person in their favorite chair. And that's just like their, their happy spot. And them being there is sort of your happy spot. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's sort of reckoning with the fact that like someday this chair will be empty. Yeah. And I, I will not be okay. I will not like that. Right. And, um, it's very sort of plain, you know, on one hand you'd, you'd like to think, or I I don't even know that you'd like to think like it's sort of, you imagine that there's maybe something more like something deeper or more profound or a a metaphor that is important to sort of tease out there. And I I don't know that there is, I think it's sort of like, that's a very simple idea, but it's a very like 
I think, important one for the film and one that really sort of worked for me, which is like, this is an inevitability. This will be like the real thing that like I observe every day that will be different at some point. And I'm, you know, and that's going to be a bummer. And I think that that is, um, that was one of my sort of favorite visual motifs in the film. I think there's, there's, uh, my gut tells me there's something generational about that, that our generation, our fathers had chairs that the the Uh sort of the notion of the, your dad's chair, I feel like was a pretty major touchstone for maybe not our generation, maybe the generation before us or something, but it's, it's one that I'm aware of and one that I wonder if it's going away because yeah, like for example, I don't think I have a chair that my kids think of as dad's chair, you know? Right. Um, maybe that'll come down the road, who knows? But that, that, that I think specifically it's often some sort of recliner, you know? Yeah. Or some sort of easy boy. There's like, that's that's dad's chair that he really likes. And um, I, I I don't necessarily think that's a key part of what you're talking about. But to me, that was also another dimension of it was um, it's sort of it's sort of a common language. You know, everybody it's a very easy concept to understand the idea that your dad mm-hmm. has a certain chair. Um, yeah, I think that I think the movie does try to universalize or um you know just there i think there's a few different touchstones in the film that the movie is like this thing makes me think about him and like in his specificity right the chair for for sure chocolate cake his Mm -hmm. feet Mm -hmm. right like there are just things about dick johnson that is like oh yeah every time i see this i'm gonna think of him Mm -hmm. Right. These are just things that I associate with him. Um, And so and I think we all have, you know, regardless of uh, to your point, you know, whether you particularly have a chair, I am sure that like the people in your life and the people in any, you know, any person, anybody's life, like there are just things that you associate with that person. And those things like in your absence, like it becomes really apparent and striking how it's like, oh, it feels like this physical space or this concept is now missing this person, Yeah. right? Um, and I think that was the thing that, like, I thought uh, Kirsten Johnson did a good job of, like, associating her father with certain ideas and certain, like, physical things that exist in the world that I think she did an effective job of saying, like, this to me, this is what I think of when I think about my dad, and these things will not be the same when he is gone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think my, my favorite part of the movie um, is sort of probably going to bridge the gap between favorite parts, best parts of the movie and fix the movie because Mm -hmm. it's simultaneously my favorite part and a, and a part that I sort of wish the movie had done more with, which is, the sequences where it's, I mean, it's basically trying to be like Dick Johnson in heaven. Right. Yeah. Um, she, she's, um, she's orchestrated a number of kind of scenes 
of him being in this afterlife kind of environment where everything's very grand. I think it's pretty much all slow motion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bit where his feet become normal feet. So mm-hmm. he's he's got these disfigured feet, these disfigured right. feet, and and um, but in you know in this afterlife in heaven, it's sort of like a magic you know kind of reveal yeah, isn't it his like feet Jesus become sprinkles normal. water on them and yeah something become, like that yeah. his feet become normal feet um he gets you know i think at one point he sort of dips his finger in sort of like a chocolate fountain and and yeah. and licks his finger um and there is there are dancers depicting him and his late wife yeah um you know, which presumably would be part of heaven for him, right? He gets to be reunited with the love of his life. But um, I, I really liked that. And I really, I think of all of the sort of things she does, the filmmaker does to cope with his death. That was the one that I enjoyed the most because one, it's like, this is a movie, you know, I sort of am interested in I, the idea of using the medium of film to explore and cope with death, which is what I think this whole movie is. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but also it, it just was more unique. Um, I think it had a unique aesthetic to it. And, um, and I felt like, you know, it was sort of, it was sort of a twofer for me. Like it was achieving that, um, it was achieving that uh, uh, goal of being sort of like a coping mechanism, but also it was at the same time celebrating this man, you mm-hmm. know, um, because because it was showing these things that he loved and it was sort of like helping us, the audience, love him through the things he loved. Right. Yeah. Um, but I I would also include it as part of Fix the Movie because I I just felt like it, the movie didn't have enough of that. Um, personally, it sort of felt to me like it, uh, it hit, hit the surface. It kind of like, it kind of was like the, the bullet points, um, of these are the things that we'll have in heaven, but, but it, I wish, I sort of wish there were more of it. I wish there were more, um, you know, this is what, uh, this is what paradise is for Dick Johnson. You know, and right. let's like let's sort of like revel in it a little bit more. It's not a it's not a major complaint. I just, um, yeah, I think for me, I would have liked to have spent a little bit more time in that world um, than the movie gave us. Yeah, the uh, it's funny. Like as you're saying that, I was sort of thinking that that's obviously just a a construct that the director sort of put in place just as sort of the, the various death sequences in the film represent sort of like her worst fears, right. Made real. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the heaven sequences are sort of like the opposite end of the spectrum. It's like yeah, it's the thing she, she hopes, hopes yeah. the thing she hopes for most. Right. And I think in some ways, um, something that I find peculiar as I'm thinking about it is I, I recall Dick Johnson in those sequences 
uh, seeming like he was, you know, doing his daughter a favor, which he was, right? Like, he's like, yeah, sure, I'll be in this sequence for you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the scenes where he was actually sort of the most joyous and where he, like, was genuinely happy were the sequences where he's, like, celebrating his birthday Mm -hmm. or, like, watching his grandkids, like, play in a barn Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like... It's like, I think in some ways the heaven stuff to me almost fell a little bit flat because it was like quite obvious that Dick Johnson was happier, like right. on it earth. wasn't what was actually making him happy. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe that's, I mean, maybe connecting those would have been what could have made that work even better, you know, right. like, like. Because I, I I get what you're saying, and I think I agree with you. I think maybe what I'm what, what to refine my proposed improvement would actually be like maybe it's not more of the heaven sequences that I would actually vote for. Maybe it's different heaven sequences that are more centered on the things that actually brought him real joy, right? Um, but also less of the artificial death sequences. I think like. Yeah. I, I sort of appreciate that 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 was a unique thing she was trying to do and that he was game for it. And so it's it's an interesting thought, you know, to sort right. of like keep filming different scenarios where the guy dies. But as the movie went on, when those things would come up, I I found myself just being like, all right, what I mean, come on, let's just Another get through this. These, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like, why are they even doing this? You know, um, right. like a scene where he gets like hit and he's bleeding, you know, right. and and they do fake blood and he, and he says they show in the filming of it. He's like, this is incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like right. my shirt is all wet. With this, this is fake worse blood. than when I had a heart. This attack. is worse than my <laughs> heart attack. Yeah. Um, and, and so those moments I'm like, what is this accomplishing? You know, yeah, this, I, 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 I sort of appreciate that she had the idea and I appreciate that she went through with it. Right. But I almost feel like that all deserved to sort of be on the cutting room floor. You know, like, right. I get I get why you filmed it, but I sort of feel like you should have edited all that out because it didn't actually help the movie. Right. Um, well, I think, like, the premise of I'm doing this to sort of so I can have the experience of seeing it mm-hmm. so that when it actually does happen, I'm not totally shocked by how I feel. Right. Right. Like, I think that culminates in the funeral sequence at the end. Yeah. Right? Where, you know, he's still alive and watching his own funeral. And people are, like, genuinely yeah. distraught. Right? His best friend is Very like surprisingly really broken so. up yeah, yeah. by it. Right? Um, and so I think that is sort of the premise of those sequences. Is like, let's go through this now. This is like a dry run for the real thing. Yeah. Right? And we don't know how the real thing is gonna un- is gonna happen, and so let's just try a few different things and see what it's like. Yeah. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things that works better on paper than it does in the film. Like, I didn't particularly like enjoy or find any sort of like deep, re- like you know, deeper understanding in those sequences. It's almost like that stuff is therapy. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. good and useful therapy for for Kirsten Johnson. But like as a as a viewer, I was like, yeah, I don't know that this is adding 
tremendous amount. Yeah. Like love of the film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I would call all of this relatively minor. I didn't have a huge problem with it. It wasn't like I couldn't stand those scenes, you know, but I just, I didn't feel like they really enhanced the movie very much for me. And I think you're right. I mean, thinking back, if I were to ask myself, did I really want more of those slow-mo shots of him with like glitter everywhere and confetti and, you know, mm-hmm. um, not so much, but I think it was more like the idea of depicting the things that brought him joy um, yeah. is more what I feel like I wanted more of. So yeah. that's that's sort of the sort of in broad strokes tweak I would make to the movie is more of what made Dick Johnson, Dick Johnson and less mm-hmm. just sort of random deaths <laughs> yeah. that really have nothing to do with Dick Johnson. Right. That's right. Yeah. Like an a, just... a air conditioner falling on his head or like a, you know, um, what else even happened? Him just like tripping and falling over. Yeah. Um, these things falling are just stairs, sort of yeah. manufactured causes of death that, that don't get us any closer to this man. And what made right. him special and what made him worth remembering and memorializing. In a meta way, yeah, I suppose just the fact that he's willing to do it sort of speaks to like his devotion yeah. to his daughter. But yeah. that's, you know, there's probably other ways to. Yeah. Well, anyway, any other. So I sort of I sort of merged these two sections that we normally do. But do, do you have any other um, best parts of the movie or fix the movie ideas you want to cover? I do think the, just to sort of call it out, I do think the funeral was very affecting, right? That is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I was surprised. Were you surprised? I, I totally thought it was a real funeral. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, yeah I yeah. absolutely did. But then I noticed at one point I was like, you know, the casket that he's in looks mm. very much like the casket at the very beginning of the movie that he like gets into uh. and tries yeah, out I didn't I was even like, put that together looks the yeah, yeah. same and so then like um when he so I wasn't surprised at that point um but I did find it very affecting because this is a, a concept that I think you know people have talked about for for ages which is the idea of like you know if you really want to know what people think of you you got to watch your own funeral mm-hmm. right that's the only time that you can really get the unvarnished truth there and I thought yeah. that it was very affecting because people were so genuinely loving and uh, of t- toward him and so genuinely distraught at the idea that he might depart someday that I think that that was like all the testament you needed. Yeah. So that I found to be to be quite affecting. And that sort of I feel like if I if I am to get the funeral sequence at the end of this film, I, ha- I have to be somewhat accepting of like the various death sequences earlier in the film. Sure. Yeah, I guess I could buy that. Um, I agree. The funeral, the funeral was very moving, um, <laughs> and then the the notion that I, I sort of I was meant I was emotionally conflicted when it was revealed that he's like there watching everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, through the door. Conflicted only in the sense that I think part of me was you know relieved, like, oh okay, he's not dead, but then. Yeah. I think part of me was like, um, it, it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't erase all of the sort of sadness, uh, that I felt from watching it, 
But I was also suddenly feeling like, wait, is this supposed to be funny? Because it's kind of funny, right? Right. Him right. watching this. Um, it, it's a bit of both, right? It's like, yeah, deeply, I think it's all of the above. Yeah. There's a lot of pathos, but there's a lot of humor in there as well. Yeah. But d- definitely something, definitely something kind of comic relief about, you know, seeing all these people crying and then just seeing him sort of peeking through <laughs> between yeah. the doors, like seeing like, what's, what's, how's my funeral going? Yeah. Um, all right. So we've talked a little bit about Dick Johnson is dead. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to get to the final, the final verdict, whether we beam it up or not, unless there's anything else you want to say. No, I don't, yeah, I don't have a tremendous amount to say about this movie. Okay. Well, Let's do it. I Let's think that might give, I think that might give away the verdict, but, uh, anyway, what, what do you say? Do we beam this up to the astronaut or not? I vote no. Uh, yeah, it's, same. it's a, it's a pleasant little film, uh, but not, I think at the level of excellence that we strive for here at the Space Flicks Academy. That's right. The Space Flick, the standards here at Space Flicks are very high. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a rigorous 75-point inspection program that we put our films through. <laughs> Especially for non-Errol Morris documentaries. We, uh, yeah, Errol Morris gets a straight pass. But otherwise, <laughs> everybody else gets the scrutiny. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I, I found it to be uh, worth watching. Um, it's not a movie that I would, like, recommend... Uh, you know, unconditionally to just anyone, but yeah. um, but I I thought it was it was well made, and I don't regret watching it. It's just not quite, yeah, yep. not quite like best of the year kind of, uh, you know, quality level. Yeah. For a, for a ninety minute movie uh, that's a sort of a love letter from a daughter to her father, I found it quite charming, and I think that um, you know, that's that's. Pretty good, uh, but I think, you know, we're talking about what movies are are truly special and are truly the ones that we think really are, deserve sort of like um, totally unqualified uh, recommendations, right? Like just you know, yeah. straight from the heart recommendations. This isn't quite that, um, but still a, a, a delightful, pleasant little film. Yep, agreed. All right, so there you have it. That's our review of Dick Johnson is Dead. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Dan. I'm Adam. See you later. Talk to you later.